the Diocese of Churches for the Sake of Others, is pleased to present the C4SO Podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO, a diocese of the Anglican Church in North America, led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the C4SO podcast. I'm your host, Ben Sternke. And today we are continuing our new series on faith and vocation, the calling that each one of us has to join God in the work of restoring and healing all things through our daily work. The Reverend Bill Walker is my co-host for this series. Bill is the director of vocation at Christ Church in Austin, Texas, uh, and actually suggested this series uh, to the podcast. Bill, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Ben. Great to be back here and to keep talking about uh, some of this stuff at, at Christ Church and vocational ministry. Yeah. What, I, I had a, actually a quick question for you, Bill, before we introduce our guests today. What um, Was this, was this uh, interest in vocation, did this come about because you saw this role was available and you were like, oh, that seems like an interesting role and maybe I can explore that? Or were you interested in these ideas of faith and vocation before you took on this role? Yeah, I, it was both and I was interested already some of the okay. some of the work I was doing previously at Baylor was related to this I was uh, teaching with a team of other professors a course called uh, the examined life for first year students at Baylor where m- much okay. of the content that you see in like a typical vocation curriculum at, at a university was woven into that um, I was okay. I was on staff at Truett Seminary and helping lead the spiritual formation program which also involved some vocational discernment uh, curriculum as part okay. of that program. And then I actually got to design a course uh, for William Jessup University on vocation and calling, just just remotely oh. as some of their online oh, faculty work together on that. So this was kind of in there a little bit. And then spiritual direction has been part of my background, and that, mm. that gets uh, integrated as well to, to parts of the what we've how we've designed the ministry at Christ Church. Okay. So, yeah, there was a lot of overlap before. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was just curious about that. Thanks for sharing yeah. some of that. Our uh, guests today are Leslie Bly and Eric Chin, who have both participated in the Fuller Formation Cohort Program uh, that happens through uh, Christchurch. Bill will talk a little bit about that here in a bit. And we talked about it a couple, a few episodes ago. I think the first episode of this series. Um, a quick introduction. Leslie Bly is a native of Atlanta. She is a licensed professional counselor and has been practicing for 18 years. She's also trained in the Enneagram personality lens and provides coaching and consulting in that arena. She's married to Kevin, who is a carpenter. And they have twin boys who are 11. Uh, Leslie, welcome to the C4SO podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. We also have Eric Chin with us. Eric has been a member of Christ Church of Austin for three years. He helped to lead a small group and is beginning to enter into homeless advocacy with others in the church. He leads a software engineering team for a living and in his free time loves to spend time with friends, cuddle with his cat, and spend time climbing and being outside. Eric, welcome to the C4SO podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. Uh, What is the name of your cat, can I ask? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> His name is Cheeto, which Cheeto. is short nice. for Panchito. Panchito. Very good. <laughs> uh, well, that's great. Um, I appreciate you uh, guys joining us today. Um, is there anything else that either of you want us, want our audience to know about you before we dive in? Uh, no. no. I think that's it. Okay. 
All right. Mm-hmm. Very good. We got the name of the cat, and uh, that that's probably the important information that I wanted to collect. So thank you for that. Uh, yeah, Bill, over over to you. Yeah, Leslie and Eric, thank you, you both again so much for being willing to uh, join on the podcast and share a little bit about uh, what's been going on in your life recently and specifically on the topic of vocation. I mean, part of the reason uh, I thought it'd be great to hear from you two is because you've gone through the Fuller Formation program recently. And I'll say a little bit more about that, but I also am looking forward to just uh, hearing you talk about your own journey uh, you know, more broadly um, and around calling and work. Uh, we did start this uh, program several years back and even before I came on staff, but the design is that uh, in partnership with, with Fuller Seminary's Center for Spiritual and Missional Formation, they, which provides kind of the, the content for the, uh, the course, it's, it's, we've made it at Christchurch into an, about a nine-month uh, experience, which consists of weekly exercises that you go through together in a small group meeting with a small group every couple of weeks. Uh, usually we do that virtually, but then, and that, and that worked well over the pandemic, of course, but then every few months, every two or three months, we also have an in-person, uh, usually 24-hour retreat experience uh, at a nearby but, but somewhat um, remote location where we get out into hopefully nature and quiet, room for a silent retreat, uh, there is uh, time in groups and time uh, in prayer during that time. Uh, and then and then really the, the idea is that there would be these regular uh, practices, meetings, retreats, and kind of a mentoring experience all around two questions. Uh, what is what is God uh, doing in your life right now at this point in your journey? How do you envision your sense of vocation? and what are the what are the practices, what are the habits, uh, spiritual disciplines that are going to support you in that pursuit of relationship with God and, and uh, joining him in, in the mission of redemption? Uh, so that's, that's, the, that's the, uh, the big idea. So for you guys, um, and just answer as you, as you would like, what has been most valuable for you over this past year um, in going through uh, the program? Yeah, well, I think that I would probably offend some people if I said most valuable. Uh, but each of the five other folks in my cohort, um, Leslie being one of them, each of them was a really great gift to me. Um, and then with them having just having the space to talk and discern, uh, and that word will come up a lot for me, uh, to discern sort of all of the things that um, came up internally and questions I had uh, sort of as we sifted through some of the fuller content. Mm. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of what came to mind for me. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Uh, and it's not that the content wasn't really formative and helpful, but it was absolutely having a community mm. to intentionally process both that self-awareness, that pathway, that feedback of how, what are you noticing, you know, um, building that trust and then also having a real grace-filled spirit about it of like everyone can just be where they are. And that alone felt like a free, like some freedom to ask questions and disclose things and be in process. And I think sometimes being in process is the hardest thing about process. Mm. Um, 
And this particular group really, for me, invited um, an absolutely grounding experience to just be in process. Mm. Oh, that's that great. That's so good to hear. And it, it confirms uh, what, what I've learned and experienced some already just with feedback from, from others that the, this is such a communal process. It can't be done alone. And to have that safe, supporting, trusting uh, environment where folks, maybe not your closest friends, but just people who you know want your best and are seeking the Lord with you, they're listening, they're uh, journeying alongside you as you as you grow and ask these these questions. Um, and I'm, I'm encourage, it's encouraging to me that you guys have had a good experience, but I, but I also want to ask what's been hard, what's been challenging, uh, not only about the program, but just as you've uh, gone through your own vocational formation journey, what what do you, what has been difficult about that for you, if anything? Um, okay, let's see. What's most difficult? I mean, bigger picture for me is I think Bill. I can't remember if you said this or if it came through the material, but that um, vocation is formed, not found, and. I have wrestled with that for most of my life because I'm a planner and I I want to know that things are clear and I want to know that I'm in the right place at the right time doing the right thing and, by the way, doing it amazingly. Lots of just <laughs> internal pressure um, to, to not have any doubts. Um, and so to lean in to the fact that it's forming uh, more than it is just found and discovered and dropped in your lap um, mm. has been really helpful to me because the challenge, even though I've been counseling for 18 years, there has still been places of doubt, places of um, missing some clarity, having a lot of external feedback that maybe didn't match my internal experience. And I didn't really mm. know how to integrate those. Mm. Um, and so that's helped me. I mean, and has been challenging for me. Yeah, Leslie, I wonder if you can give an example of what you mean by that, because I think this is a really intriguing um, thought, probably for a lot of people, because I, you know, I do come from, you know, the school of thought where I grew up in a charismatic church. And so like that, like finding God's will for my life, right? Like this, this, this sort of blueprint that God's going to drop out of the heavens and I'm going to see it clearly and, you know, that kind of thing. But you're talking about a, you know, vocation being formed. And also, like, I'd love to hear, because I, and I was looking for some artifacts of that. And it sounds like one of the artifacts was that your feet, the feedback you got from outside didn't match your internal sense. And I, mm -hmm. I wonder if that's part of the formation, right? That's part of the discernment. That's part mm -hmm. of the listening. Do, do, is there an example of that that you could give us? what, when that happened and how it affected you? Yeah. Um, I would say for the majority of my life practicing therapy, um, and then I've, I've also done other things on the side that were very different from counseling. I was in accounting, mm. um, okay. support for some small businesses on the side for years. Right. And, and I would get a lot of encouraging feedback in both realms. Like, hey, this, this mm. therapy we're doing is really helping me, really transformational. And I might get feedback from a business person saying, your support is so helpful. Thank you for mm. being good at the numbers. <laughs> and mm. you can imagine maybe like my internal self was going, I, 
I don't, I don't always feel like what I'm doing is as effective as you're telling me it is. I'm not always feeling that sense internally. Yeah. And I, I think for me, some of it is that I lean so much on external feedback. And I think that's part of my personality Mm -hmm. structure is to lean outward. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this vocational formation needed to take place inwardly. I needed to find language Mm. for myself that I could own with the Lord so that I could experience deeper satisfaction in my work. I didn't come to the cohort because I wanted to quit counseling Mm. and change into something else. I I think I came to it so that I could be more integrated into what I'm doing and have an internal connection to it that just seemed to be kind of missing. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating. I appreciate you sharing that, that the the external feedback you were getting didn't match your internal state, but you had to learn to listen to that as a source of perhaps guidance for you vocationally, a source of God's word to you even, mm-hmm. um, rather than just looking inwardly for that. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I appreciate hearing yeah, that. Sure. Yeah, sure. Eric, how about you? That, that question about what's been challenging for you as you think about vocational formation? Yeah, I, I resonate with what Leslie was sharing. Um, and it, yeah, in my experience, I think the hardest thing has been sort of getting out of my own way uh, and responding to those things that God's inviting me to. Um, yeah, uh, Leslie shared something similar, but I kind of get pretty easily caught up in all of the decisions I have to make and making sure that I'm in the right place or doing the right thing or, uh, thinking through all the, the right things. Um, and I end up forgetting that God is a loving and caring God and that Mm. there's joy in walking with him. Yeah. Um, yes. As far as like the formation aspects, uh, the, I think being able to have freedom to Mm. take those steps, um, mm-hmm. in, in what I've sensed the Lord calling me to is, is kind of how I, how I've seen the, or received this language of formation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, taking steps and being in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thank you, Eric. You know, as, as, as y'all are sharing too, I'm reminded of how other, other folks have also said, uh, that one of the more difficult and formative things that happens and this is this is one of the pr- distinctives I really appreciate about the design of the process is is to go through uh, along the way fairly early on uh, an exercise of vocational lament, where because for mm. so many folks they and y'all aren't really talking about this necessarily in your own stories as much, but but everybody has to reflect back and all of us bring at some level I'm sure uh, certain kinds of disappointments, you know, and frustrations or un- unrealized yeah. yes. hopes, uh, dreams, maybe even dreams we've had to, to, to die to or give up, uh, in our lives mm-hmm. at a certain, it doesn't take, you don't have to live long to, to go through something like that. And, and I don't know that we're usually given space or encouraged and invited in, in church community to, to, to name that and to, to, mm-hmm. uh, bring that to the Lord and, and grieve and mourn and say, or even, or even, cry out a bit and say, God, well, this was confusing for me. You know, I thought you were taking me this way and it hasn't worked mm-hmm. out. And, um, this has been, this has been hard yeah. and, and there's no necessarily resolution. It's more so just, we need that space yeah. for, um, uh, processing that. Yeah. 
I think that's I think that's great, Eric. And I I think that um, that tends to push against again this common view that if I, Eric, you mentioned this, like if I just get all my ducks in a row, if I check all the right boxes, that's what God's waiting for, and then like the floodgates of heaven are going to open up, and I'm going to have a perfect career, and I'm going to feel perfectly fulfilled, and you know what I mean? If like if I get this blueprint just right, it's going to be awesome, you know. And it, we forget that we live in a fallen world. We forget that uh, this isn't a, you know, we're not rubbing a, a magic lamp, you know, and, and getting all of our dreams are coming true here. This is, that's not how vocation works. That's not how faith works. <laughs> that's not how Christianity works. Yeah. Um, and so lamenting the good things that we lost or things that were confusing or things that we had hoped for that didn't pan out, um, man, that just strikes me as deep wisdom uh, in this whole process. I appreciate you sharing that. In the language of vocation, we, we also really started with the idea of our first or our primary vocation mm. being a child of God. Um, yeah, and I think that's, that's good too. That's been a really important thing for me. Yeah. It's not just your job, not just what you do for money, but it you, like your, your voc like the, the, yeah, the, the calling that you have to live out is first and foremost has to do with your identity mm. as a, as a son or daughter. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That was very yeah, so, orienting for me to like start start with that. Sorry, Bill. No, yeah, and and you know, this has been a a church experience in many ways, in the sense that Christ Church is hosting this formation cohort. But I still want to ask the question because I think this this is this, this is a this is a process that I feel sometimes you go through outside of church, or at least it can seem that way. Like oh, like in terms of career. Uh, coaching or counseling and or talking to an advisor in, in a school program and colleagues in the workplace. But what has it been like for y'all? I mean, Leslie and Eric, you're both uh, been in Christchurch a while. You serve and volunteer in sig- significant ways. How has the church supported you or what has it been like to ask vocational questions, you know, in the context of your worship community? Yeah, I, this is a good question. Um, I, I think that they're way too tied together uh, for me, um, but they're kind of inextricably tied together. And uh, apart from the church, it, or if I were kind of going at it alone, I, I feel like I would end up being lost and confused um, in all the, all the external voices uh, that tell me who I am. Um, those would end up being louder and overwhelming. Mm. So that doing this as part of a community, a church community that kind of always reminds me who I am um, before the Lord. I think that's, that's the most important, um, most important thing um, about this process and Mm. to discern. Yeah. To discern with me too. Um, in, in Christian community. Hmm. Um, yeah, our church has a sort of a motto, uh, no one stands alone. And I, I think that's true in, in this discernment process, but also in kind of the day to day in, in sort of living out this vocation, um, in good and bad and joy, suffering and sorrow. Yeah, that's great. Eric. Um, what about you, Leslie? 
Yeah, I I have a different take on it. I mean, um, I've only been at Christchurch for five years, maybe four and a half years, and the pandemic covered some of that. So that plays a factor into how integrated my family felt. Um, but I would say my history is that church did not play much of a role in discovery around vocation. I don't mean that to, to mean that believing friends weren't a part of my process and my seminary community was a part of my process way back when. Um, but in terms of church playing a bigger role in like spiritual formation, that's new for me. I, my history is not in denominations that put a premium on experience, um, experiencing the Lord. Um, Spiritual formation was a phrase I hadn't heard until maybe 15 years ago. Spiritual direction was not something I had ever heard of. Um, and so Christchurch is my first experience with a body of believers that that kind of hold those streams well, that um, head, heart, and, and body, <laughs> you know, really hold those different streams of how we experience and how we know we're believers and we know we're God's children um, in a three-dimensional way. So this mm. is new for me. Mm. And I've been really grateful to be a part of a community that's invited that part of my formation into relationships and into verbal conversation mm. and, and um, in such open and, and encouraging, inviting ways. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's it's really encouraging to hear that you've that's been some of your experience. That's certainly the goal uh, with, at Christchurch. We're trying to, to make this something that uh, is mm-hmm. part of how we are formed as a people together, and I know we've got a long way to go still. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, affirming to know that y'all have had that community uh, way in which you've, you've uh, been asking these questions and, and talking about formation. I, I am curious to know, like, as you've gone through this year, uh, what, how would you each articulate? Um, where you are right now in your in your sense of calling, how, how what is the role that you see God inviting you into at this point in your journey? How would you give language to that, and what maybe uh, what has been new or fresh or or, or uh, different about the way you answer that question now compared to you know a year ago? For me, I don't think I would have been able to articulate much a year ago. Um, I think I would have defined my calling by what I get up and do every day. And it kind of would have been a pretty flat definition of my job. Mm. (laughs) My job is to get up and turn on the computer and hold space for people. Um, And I think when you're looking at calling, it's, I think at least through this cohort, this program, being able to zoom out of just what you do every day and find language that captures your image bearing. Like how, how, how does, how do I partner with God in the way he's made me that shows up at home with my crazy twin boys, um, Mm. that shows up with my friends and that shows up at work. Um, cause it's so easy to, to me anyway, it's so easy to define what I do by what I do or what I'm called to by what I actually do. But that, that's the cart. That's not the horse, you know, like, um, so for, for me to sit down and, and think about, okay, I feel at this point in my life, you know, because I do think that calling can shift 
um, in those different stages of life. But I do feel like he's called me into what I, what I think of as shalom, which was my takeaway word from seminary, was this invitation to the work of God healing and making all things new as we prepare for his return. And so I wrote mm-hmm. that into my calling statement that my mission mm-hmm. is to partner with him in shalom. And I try to do that by coming alongside people um, to offer connection, validation, curiosity, care, and by God's grace, hopefully some wisdom. Um, and my hope is that it's empowering people to see who they are well and clearly and see others more clearly and experience God more clearly and in hopes of some healing this side of this side of heaven. Mm. Yes. Uh, thank you, uh, Leslie. Eric, how about you? How would you answer that question about how you would articulate your sense of calling or vocation right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love what Leslie was sharing about how it's not just what what we do for a living that makes up our mm-hmm. vocation. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was a helpful part of the this past year and um, in going through this uh, cohort together, uh, the, the, the way that um, a lot of things sort of fell together and landed together in this year, um, I've had a, a lot of sort of nudges and, and tugs towards a sense of, yeah, a sense of mm-hmm. being called to be a companion. So that's hmm. kind of how I would, think of my vocation right now um, to be a companion to others around me. Hmm. Um, the It took a while to kind of be able to articulate it in that, in, in sort of this succinct way, um, in sort of yeah. like the circuitous uh, process, like kind of dancing around that idea. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been really neat to to be be formed by um, yeah. the community um, from pastors at at our church, and even in meeting neighbors down the street. Mm. Uh, mm. So many different things have led led to this. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't know what what it really means as far as where the Lord would lead me down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, there's. Yeah, I really feel a sense of sort of diving into the life of my neighborhood, my my neighbors, my friends, um, in my church, yeah. and others sort of in the immediate vicinity around me and yeah. be a friend. Yeah, be a friend, be a companion. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that's that's really helpful. I think part part of the I'm sensing part of the formation of this process then is being able to articulate sort of how you sense God forming you, uh, forming your calling, um, not just, you know, what job should I have, but, but a sense of who am I called to be? How am I called to come alongside in every arena of my life, you know, in my, in my work, in my neighborhood, you know, among my church, my family, with my cat, you know, et cetera, <laughs> if you've got one. so He's a great uh, Cheeto companion. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it made it into his bio. So, you know, the cat, the cat is important. So, 
Uh, I appreciate hearing about that, Eric and Leslie. We're going to finalize our uh, interview, our conversation today by asking two questions. We're asking everybody who comes on the C4SO podcast this year. Uh, The first question is this. What is a book, TV show, or movie that you have appreciated recently? Leslie, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I, in the last year, have read the book Try Softer by Andy Colber. And um, it has made its way into 50% of my conversations, both in work and outside of work. And I've been grateful for that. Yes, I have heard great things about that uh, book. My wife is reading it right now. Um, Eric, how about you? A book, a TV show, or a movie that you've appreciated recently? Yeah, uh, the book that comes to mind is uh, a book by Thomas Dubé. It's called mm-hmm. Happy As You Are Poor. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. I, if I reflect back, uh, Dubé is the first maybe the first person that I started to hear this language of vocation Mm -hmm. from. Um, And this book particularly is on uh, a vocation of poverty. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In the traditional sense. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. Love it. Um, All right. Second question. Uh, How can we pray for you? Eric, do you want to start that one? Gosh. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. I, I sort of mentioned, maybe or hinted at a couple of times. Um, I, I'm not sure where the Lord's leading me right now. Mm. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I want to have open hands um, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to enjoy the presence of the Lord and mm. in sort of hearing and listening and, and taking yeah. those steps towards yeah. where he's leading me. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Leslie, how can we pray for you? Yeah, I know. I'm so grateful for the offer. Uh, Something Eric said really struck me as where I'm at as well. Just um, enjoying the work I get to do. um, Mm -hmm. Instead of just focusing on how well am I serving, how effective am I serving, how how healed are the clients. um, Yeah just the connection that I need with myself, with the Lord, um, with the work, with the people I'm getting to serve, that I'd be able Mm. to experience that fuller joy of what I'm doing. And I tend to be someone who's sort of looking at the next thing. Um, And that pace, yeah, slow down, restful presence. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, Eric, Leslie, uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, I think this has been really uh, helpful and illuminating, and uh, I'm hopeful that it will be for our audience as well. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks so much for having us. Uh, yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the C4SO Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.